So long story short, we put together a storybook. We got it published within a month, and we wow. actually we actually got the printing business, who was part of the project, an essential business status. So it kept them in business during、mm-hmm. the COVID times, which was great for them and great for us to be a part of that,、uh, keeping them alive and sustainable as a business.、Mm-hmm. So my guest for this episode are Ken Korber, founder,、time. author, and clinician at the Center for Functional Learning dot com, and Ted Strom, co-founder of Chicago Comb Company. ChicagoComb.com. Our conversation today is all about his Grace series and other titles for children, and the feedback loop characteristic in every artistic endeavor. Welcome to the Playtime Playcast. I'm your host, W. C. Turk, author, artist, and playwright. Ken Korber was a trained physician's assistant for 30 years, and then he made a drastic career change in the storytelling for kids. The Center for Functional Learning dot com. The Center for Functional Learning dot com is the website. He has teamed up lately with the co-founders of Chicago Comb. John and Ted have been friends since seventh grade. Is that right,、uh, Ted? Absolutely. We met at O'Neill Junior High during Miss Sorgat's.、Uh, Guitar music class. <laughs> wow, that's that, that's impressive.、Uh, that that voice, by the way, is Ted Strom from、uh, Chicago Comb. We're going to be hearing more from him in just a moment. Ken is an old old friend. Well, not old. I, I'm I'm old. Ken, you're a dear friend. D E A R, not the animal frolicking. It. You got to help me out of this, Ken. Please.、Uh, I am old. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're looking you're looking good today. Uh, you you got a podcast?、Uh, yeah, we're just starting it. It's it's probably、uh-huh. going to start up in March. It's it's sort of、um, another part of the multimedia platform I'm trying to build. It's, nice.、Um, it's a、um, it's going to be called Health and Music. So、mm-hmm. we're going to link health related topics with、um, the benefits of music and vice versa.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then、mm-hmm. I'm going to have guests that that speak to both of those、um, those areas、uh, as a teaser. The first one of the first guests is going to be Leela Pertle, who believes that music is a birthright. So she's going to talk about that as、uh, as a way to kind of kick off the series. I'm、uh, I'm working on a book、uh, about the the history of light for the artist,、oh. and where I'm I'm following a photon through、uh, the、uh, the history of humanity. Uh, and the the ascension of the arts. One of the things that that is、uh, is really foundational about the book has to do with music, and music is is as eternal as our our ability to communicate with one another, from from clicking rocks to 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 strumming the、uh, the string or the chord on on an early bow and arrow. To to work songs, these call call and and repeat work songs that that are are even endemic in in、uh, indigenous societies today. We we are music might be our our first language. Yeah, you think about it, percussion, rhythm, those kinds of things. Yeah,、mm-hmm. they're always、mm-hmm. part of our everyday life. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I'd be remiss here on the eve of World War Three if I if I didn't <laughs> if I didn't ask you uh, both uh, both how are you, Ken? How are you doing, buddy? You staying healthy and safe? Yeah, we're uh, we're making it through the Chicago winter and uh, looking nice. forward to the springtime. Right. Uh, so um, new projects are always in the mix. New ideas always perking up. New relationships being built, like the one with Ted and John. Yeah, uh, let's know, let's talk good. about that a little bit. Uh, Ted Strom, you're uh, you're one of the co-founders of Chicago Comb. Tell us a little bit about Chicago Comb uh, and, and the great story. By the way, that story I was I was so reminded. Uh, I was just watching a, a documentary about Rush and uh, Getty Lee and uh, Alex Lifeson. They met also in, in grade school, and that turned out to be uh, an incredible partnership. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and John and Chicago Comb. Absolutely. So, so John and I, uh, you know, we're, we've been friends since the seventh grade in junior uh-huh. high. And, you know, we've always had a, a wide range of interests, but one interest we've always talked about is the ability to work together one day. You know, it's always that one day about possibly being entrepreneurs and working together. Yeah. So he ended up going to, to law school and, at Georgetown, and I went to University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went the law route. He was a, an attorney for many years. Uh, I worked in product development for actually cars.com, heading up the local testing department. So I was heavily involved in more of on, the online world. Mm-hmm. But we always would go back to, wouldn't it be great to actually make a product that was really of Chicago, that had an essence of Chicago? Yeah. Um, when you think of, of a lot of you know name brand or even like country specific products, you think of like like Italian leather, or you look at, at like, you know, certain things that are of a place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, you know, Chicago has a very rich tradition of metalworking, um, mm-hmm. more on the commercial side. So, you know, we took about a whole year of learning how to really handcraft and machine craft uh, metal combs. And I was somewhat inspired as well on my grandfather's from Sweden. So, you know, metal combs were, were a thing back when, when he was younger. Um, but, but the genesis of the idea was John had bought a condo in Chicago and we were noticing a lot of the work, the metal work and the, um, finishing work around the condo had its fingerprints on American made products from the window to the, you know, the metal working uh, around some of the the items was made in the United States. Um, so we want, really want to make something in Chicago. And now the question from an entrepreneur standpoint is, well, what is it? What product do you really want to make? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always really been enamored by um, accessories that you use every day. And for us, we, you know, it was 2010. So the wet shave category was really big, you know, German <laughs> razors and, mm-hmm. you know, the shave space. But we really want to reimagine the daily comb because we feel like it had gone from a pure commodity mass market, not a lot of thought of in terms of aesthetics and design. Yeah. And we really wanted to initially, especially with our, our steel collection, titanium, make a, a product that felt more like Chicago. You know, obviously Chicago being the birthplace of modern architecture, you think of steel, you think of having the essence of Chicago. And, and from there, we started partnering up with some other being similar to our relationship with Ken. You know, I shot an email to Horween Tannery here in Chicago, one of the mm-hmm. few tanneries left in Chicago, and that was Skip Horween. And they loved our combs. And so we started making Horween leather sheets with the combs. And it started really beautiful Chicago connections and relationships that way. And then from there, you know, we really also wanted to expand for a more of a, a larger audience. So we developed the first ever professional grade carbon fiber composite combs in the United States. Now there have been some great ones made in Japan, but really, really want to take that model and that understanding of that material 
mm-hmm. anti-static, mm-hmm. heat resistant, really cool design. Mm-hmm. But apply it more for the at-home u- user as opposed to the barber or you know the salon professionals. And so it kind of snowballed. So it was iterative in space, but the core philosophy for our company has always been at the heart of those conversations as young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, have timeless design, have people love what they, they actually could use every day. You know, they still have, have hair. Them. Yeah, exactly. Love the call. <laughs> we have three many beard here, hair, you know, hair care for men and for women. And we've been really fortunate. And you know, for us, in a lot of ways, we view the, the comb as like a little piece of Chicago that yeah. has the opportunity to travel all across the world and be used mm. by people across the world. That's great. That's great. So, okay. So combs manufacturing Chicago, all great things. How do you get involved with, uh, with a guy like Ken Korber and kids books? <laughs> and I'll let either one of you take that. <laughs> Well, I, I can start off initially. It was not on my initial product pipeline, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm grateful that, that, it, that it got on the pipeline. And once again, that, that's been the beauty of being a small business is that, you know, John has wonderful relationships and, and also involved yeah. family relationships. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we were able to meet uh, John. I was able to meet Ken through John uh-huh. and through his family and, and find out really what, you know, his passion is for life and, and sharing, um, you know, great, great lessons that can be taught through generations in terms of and, and it touches a core with me because my wife teaches social emotional learning um, in schools. So okay. the, the books all have strong messages that really teach our nice book, you know, kind of a blueprint mm-hmm. for how to be a kind person. Uh, Ken, tell us how um, the relationship between Chicago Comb and, and the Grace Books or the Center for Functional Learning came about. So it's, it's pretty fundamental, like, like, Ted mentioned, um, mm-hmm. there's a family connection. My wife is cousins with John. So we all got together at one of the Chicago Comb Company open houses. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I met Ted initially. And then as things typically go, and in, in, from my perspective, um, an idea popped into my head, but it had to percolate for a while. And then um, I turned around and uh, presented it to John and Ted. And they said, sure, crazy person, you know, we'll, we'll, go, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with this. So that's where uh, where we kind of started the, the pilot project. So so the uh, the idea was to bring my characters or one of my characters, Grace and her friends, musical adventures types of things, mm-hmm. uh, into a new storybook that was related to the use of a carbon fiber comb. So how do you do that? So so one of the things that that I recognized was in the world of pediatrics, the first haircut is usually an anxiety provoking event for a kid, whether yeah, it's it boy is. or girl, right? So, <laughs> yes, it is. so how do we kind of make that less anxious yeah. for, for the kids? And one of the easiest ways to do that is to introduce a character who's not so anxious to kind of mm-hmm. engage with them mm-hmm. in a way that um, is therapeutic in a way, in a sense, but then also, mm-hmm. If we give them a comb that goes along with that same kind of storyline, hey, then now they have their first comb and it's a good quality comb, by the way. And oh, by the way, they can use it for the rest of their lives. So so the idea of Grace Helps Marvin the Moose came about as a way to show kids that it was okay to have a haircut, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, here's the reasons why Marvin the Moose needed a haircut. So the story was <laughs> essentially different um, pages showing the challenges and, and tribulations that Marvin the Moose had before he got his first haircut. And again, to show the kids that it's, it's not a painful process, that there's some fun associated with it, that they can relate to it. Mm-hmm. It's an, engage, an engagement tool for them as they're learning to read. 
and learn about new characters. And it blended very nicely in with my whole stable of Grace and her friends and musical adventure stuff. So, so it was a perfect match. You're kind of building a, a menu of, I, I don't want to make this sound too dry or too, too scientific, but behavioral thoughts and ideas. How about, yeah. how about that? So, yeah, yeah. If anything related to healthcare and young children mm-hmm. is fair game, essentially as, as topics, right? So, yeah. So the idea of creating this, this group or this community of little health ambassadors is what we're calling them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They then become better citizens because they know more about their own health and they can turn around and teach their families. They become mm-hmm. health ambassadors for their, for their parents. Yeah. So there's an, an interesting kind of dynamic that goes back and forth. You know, the, the, the parents teach the, the, the child how to read and then the child turns around by learning the stories and, and suggest good things for the family, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cooking, cooking with grace, how it's, you know, you shouldn't eat so much sugar. You shouldn't drink so soda. You should, you should eat more vegetables, those kinds of things. Ted Strom from Chicago comb. Uh, I, I have this question. I keep losing combs. Is there a way to put a tracking device in a comb <laughs> that, that, that I can, I can find it when I need it. Yeah, it's a really good thought. I appreciate that. We're going to work with Apple, kind of like you find your find your phone, find your find your comb, find your wallet. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to read this because I, I think Ken, your journey is a is a wonderful story in and of itself. So I'm going to start here. This is a song called "Grace" by YouTube. Grace, it's the oh, name for a girl. That's it. Yeah. It's also a thought that changed the world. And when she walks on the street. You can hear the strings. Grace finds goodness in everything. Grace, it's a name for a girl. It's also a thought that changed the world. And when she walks on the street, That that verse from from the U two song Grace completely encapsulates or characterizes perfectly um, your uh, your efforts here, man. So U two is one of my favorite bands, uh-huh, and that uh-huh. song served as one of the little kindling sticks for this whole idea of musical adventures yeah. of Grace and what she as a character would be. You know, it's serendipity kind of stuff. You know, I mean, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things where you're in the right place at the right time. You hear the right messages or you hear the right songs. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden the idea comes into your head and, mm-hmm. and then you kind of grow that, nurture it as a little seedling and then let it go along. You know? And we don't want to leave your son out of out of the mix because he, <laughs> he has has an artistic side as well. Tell us that story. So even before the Grace song by U2, we have a household where we have a serious musician living uh, or used to be living with us. He knew Adam, our son, knew Mm -hmm. when he wanted to be a musician and maybe a music educator. So uh, we sort of thought that would go away in high school. But since then, he 
um, graduated from Lawrence University's Conservatory of Music mm-hmm. as a music performance, musical education graduate. And he's a cellist in the Green Bay Civic Orchestra, as well as a orchestra director for a middle school and high school wow. near, near Green Bay up in Wisconsin. And, and, and I say that, I bring that up because there's, there's a bit of a feedback loop here with the arts that you never know what you create, how it might affect someone else and lead them to to a, a an epiphany or or an artistic discovery of their own that helps to change the world even even just a little bit yeah it's it's so so for me because I'm a health person and uh-huh. I know nothing about music it has to be very fundamental yeah. <laughs> so so for me it was when I asked him on Christmas break when he brought home all his sheets of music from mm-hmm. school, from mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. what that little note on the page was. Mm-hmm. And he told me it was a grace note. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And then we uh-huh. kind of, you know, walked, walked our separate ways. I was happy to have a conversation with an 18 year old as his, as his father, you know, so I was, yeah. that was a win. That was a win for me. Uh, but then the next day I said, oh my gosh, it's the little note that wanted to be a big note. <laughs> and then that sort of morphed and evolved into the little note that was transformed into a little girl through the magic of a holiday concert. So Grace Mm -hmm. Note then became Grace. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the winter story that that started this whole roller coaster ride for me as a second career uh, as a children's book author. Just tell us who Grace is. So so Grace is a tween-aged girl, Uh sassy. She wears cowboy boots and mixed yes, match socks, does. you know, those kinds of things. We, uh, I got the image um, after putting out a Facebook contest for someone in the fiber world or the graphic artist world. Um, send me what you think Grace would look like based on that description. Mm-hmm. So I got a, a couple of sort of suggestions. And, and the last page of the winter book is, it shows you what we came up with as the character. And I had to actually rewrite the story based on the fact that we now had a little girl who was able to then be transformed from this grace note on a page. So, wow. so that's, that's sort of what started. So, you know, she's, she's an aspirational character for young children mm-hmm. uh, who are learning how to read. So three to six year olds is our audience of readers. And we're thinking that grace is probably around eight ish, eight or nine in terms of the, you know, Mm-hmm. making making her a real person and it's pretty stylish um, though man yeah no and we we have a we have a voice of grace now officially yeah. um i i have a sag voiceover talent person who mm-hmm. is doing all, all the audiobook recordings for us as as grace the narrator and um we'll take it from there it's fun we uh, you know i i've been been doing a, lo- a little bit more reading up on uh on ghost notes who we talked <laughs> about yes uh because and for for ted uh and and for for people who are listening at at home or in their car wherever i've had this sort of this sort of gag thing going with uh with ken about uh about the ghost note and uh and doing doing something for for halloween there there's actually there's actually a, a really wonderful relationship between between the ghost note and the grace note to to sort of pull that all together for people a grace note uh you know this Ken, a grace note is a sympathetic note that immediately precedes uh, a written full note. Written full notes were smaller with slashes. The the uh, acacia it's called a, 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 if I remember correctly. Before the full note, uh, there is uh, there is no slash. Uh, that's called an apachiatura. That's on the beat 
rather than than before it. A great example of, the, uh, of a pagiatura is the piano opening in The Year of the Cat by Al Stewart. ghost note is is very similar and it's found mostly in drumming and jazz guitar and uh, but it's it's that if if you're if you're playing playing a drum beat a straight beat would be bop 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 uh, on a snare with a ghost note it would be bop 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 with that with that second that second quick bop is sort of quieter and and lower um, so there, there's, there's a, there's a great similarity in that both of those, those notation styles, even though there's, there's no notation for, for a ghost note, which makes it even spookier, <laughs> uh, they're similar, they're, or they're very related, related in, in as much as they really give the funk and the flair and, and the flavor to music. Yeah, it's you know you, you say it was a gag between us, and and it it was, it was initially, but then you know you got me thinking again, right? Yeah. So, so I have a winter, spring, and summer storybook already published uh, nice, from yeah. the earlier sites. So we yeah. do need a Halloween or a fall-based kind of story. So what I'm thinking, and mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to my publisher about it and see mm-hmm. if we can do mm-hmm. this, of making a chapter book, and the fourth chapter being the new edition to the chapter book uh, of winter, spring, summer, fall. And then, oh, by the way, we'll have a ghost note in that fourth chapter. The ha- as, Halloween? As a way to kind of bring it together. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. And, and, and the other piece of, of the puzzle is mm-hmm. that the, the books that, I mean, the combs that we put with all the Marvin books and the mm-hmm. Molly book is actually coming out next week. So, so we're going to have Marvin and Molly the moose. Nice. As a package. But one of the things that, that we can always do at any time is, mm-hmm. is use the combs mm-hmm. as a way to create music, right? Mm-hmm. By putting that little piece of paper over the top of a comb and, and doing, uh, doing like a kazoo kind of a thing, right? So I can, I can generate a whole I remember that. I remember, remember that from, from days of old. That's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly. absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> So Ted can be my conductor for the uh-huh. Kazoo Orchestra, you know? Are you, uh, T- Ted, are you guys over there at Chicago Comb working on a Kazoo, uh, a kazoo Comb uh, package deal? I, I, I would say it's not every day, but it's almost every day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say to, to Ken's uh, uh, point about the sense of play, both as a musical instrument, but also the fact that it's got a, a little circle, what my boys love yeah. doing. Yeah. I have a, I have a, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. They like to spin it around and, and just that interactive aspect of it, which is uh-huh. phenomenal with the, the kind of the connection with the book. But, but, you know, in terms of like making a musical instrument or doing something kind of unique and creative, I, I absolutely love that. So but we're always seeing people doing, using our combs in fun, creative ways, and, and it really makes our day to see that. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, 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 I think it makes the comb not such a... Um such a throwaway item or exactly. it's it, it becomes 
it becomes something more cultural mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and more necessary for, for those of us who, who like to make noise, as it were. Yeah. And what kid doesn't like to make noise? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and actually, there, there's a, a, um, there was a symphony um, pianist that would, would take, I think it was a mirror comb, one of our mirror steel combs, and he would make little noises with it before, before a show as, as kind of a soothing, relaxing you know, both for noise, but also for entertainment. So the combs have been used in really unique settings in a lot of different ways, which we love. I would be remiss, um, Ken, if, if I didn't touch on the, the educational aspect of, of your books in, in, a, in a stronger way. You said this in a podcast, and I, and I thought it bears repeating for all of the, um, what do we call it, naysayers out there like that? <laughs> The, the, the naysayers. But you, but you said in, in the podcast, and I'm going to read the piece here, COVID is a perfect example. Three months ago, nobody knew about COVID and managing patients. All of a sudden, respiratory therapists become very important members of the team because the patients are prone. They're intubated for a month or longer. It's just incredible. The types of things that are needed to be learned, evaluated, and then implemented with this whole new disease process, that's sort of in front of every single person in the world as a global market. You did you did a grace book dealing with COVID. I, I suppose, and, and this this goes to your 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 physician side, COVID really is the perfect example that nobody knew anything about this. So we're all on this massive learning curve. And we're still on that learning curve culturally, medically, philosophically, morally and ethically, politically, we're all we're all trying to figure out how to get through this. I, I, I'd love I'd love I'd love both your thoughts on that. Yeah, I it was it was amazing for me. We when we like everyone else in the world started experiencing COVID in March, right? Of mm-hmm, 2020, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I then started getting emails and uh, messages from my customers. Uh-huh. that have bought the books previously and a lot of them are, are uh were a lot of the messages were from um younger mothers that didn't have a a lot of child rearing experience but they were they were expressing all this anxiety and angst and and, and inability to communicate with their kids about what was happening around them why yeah. they couldn't go to school why they couldn't see their friends yeah why they had to stay home and then you know why they had to you know, wear masks, you know, and, and they had no sort of way to navigate those conversations or even initiate the conversations with their youngest members of their families. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it was a little easier with the older kids because they kind of got it. You know, they, they understood sort of what was going on or they were just as confused as the adults were, but the younger children really had no clue as to what was happening, but they started showing signs of uh, mental health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. challenges they would be sad all the time for no, you know, for no reason that was explainable. Um, the fact that they couldn't go to school, the fact that they couldn't see their, their friends, the fact that they missed their teachers, mm-hmm. you know, you know, these are, you know, preschool, kindergarten, first, first grade kids that, that are experiencing this all directly because of what was happening yeah. pandemic wise, you mm-hmm. know, in, in terms of the community. So I sat down and said, you know, we need to give something to these parents mm-hmm. as a resource. So how can we do something with grace to kind of do that, to kind of keep, keep the conversation going, uh, but in a, in a new subject area, that being COVID. So, so long story short, we put together a storybook we got it published within a month and wow. we actually we actually got the printing business who was part of the project an essential business status so it kept them in business mm-hmm. during the covid times which was great for them and 
great for us to be a part of that, uh, keeping them alive and sustainable as a business. Mm -hmm. So the book then became Grace Fights COVID-19. Right. Adventures of the Musical Bug Squad. So, <laughs> so it was Grace wearing a face mask with all her character friends wearing face masks, mm -hmm. using shields and swords to fight off this, uh, this corona, this virus, the mm -hmm. SARS virus, mm -hmm. SARS two mm -hmm. virus, so the COVID virus, in a way that was story form, but then also <laughs> almost like an activity book where we explained kids or, or answered questions. Mm -hmm. that they were asking or they were thinking about. So, you know, why am I sad? Well, you're sad because X, Y, Z. Uh, what is a virus? Um, and then we had a picture that was actually a page that they could color what the COVID virus looked like. Right. As, as an activity, you know, as a play, a playful activity. Mm -hmm. Then we mentioned that it was okay to be, to talk to your parents about what you were feeling. So that whole emotional intelligence kind of stuff that that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In their development, so we put this little book together, and um, uh, by by design, didn't mention a lot about vaccines, although we knew that that was coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. um, but we just talked about the benefits of vaccines in general and what mm -hmm. they kind mm -hmm. of do and how they protect children and, and people when they get the vaccines, just to kind of sort of set the stage, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and in a way that they understood the vocabulary and they were able to then kind of be a little more reassured as to what was going on around them. And mm -hmm. we gave them ideas on what they could do to keep in touch with their friends over the phones mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. through zoom calls themselves and, you know, home-based activities where they could share the, the play activity over a computer screen so that they weren't isolated from their friends. And then the teachers then got involved and brought, you know, lessons home to the kids at that point as well so we were just trying to contribute to that sort of conversation that wasn't taking place uh within a group of three to six year olds another important conversation in one of the grace books is is grace and friends a burn prevention fire safety activity book i'll, I'll tell this this story my dad was a firefighter so i grew up around fire uh firehouses my whole life we had, we were cooking on the grill. This is a few years back, four, five, six years back on, on the patio and, and a grease fire developed. And we were, we were cooking a couple of steaks. So the drippings just sort of fed that, right? My, my wife immediately jumped up with, with a bowl of water. I stopped her knowing full well what a grease and uh, a grease fire and water will, will do. And I stopped her, went and got a thing of a thing of salt, and poured the salt on it, and and stopped the fire. But that's a lot of a lot of that knowledge isn't isn't a given for for a lot of kids. It needs to be taught. Otherwise, they can find themselves in in a really terrible situation. My wife had never faced a grease fire in her life before, so her first inclination was to throw water. Yeah. Um, Ted, you're a young guy. Do you have young kids? I, I do. Uh, so I, I have a, a five-year-old and a, a nine-year-old. Um, yeah. So th those lessons are, you know, obviously you want them to be teachable, but in, in a safe environment where they know. Yeah. And, and that's really, really important. And, you know, you know, Ken's work when he mentioned about COVID and I mentioned about my, my, my wife's work in terms of social emotional learning mm -hmm. is such a valuable tool for, for children of, you know, ages, uh, you know, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth graders and, and always from transitional points, inflection points yeah. for yeah. students, but for our kids in particular, a whole slew of transitions. I mean, especially for 
you know, my five-year-old, both in, in a pre-junior kindergarten environment as well as a kindergarten environment, COVID learning is really all that he's really known. From a playtime perspective, the, the separation of you can play, but you have to play with your Play-Doh in a separate environment is not, from a mental health perspective, not the best environment for mm -hmm. kindergartners. You really want that social, emotional interaction. You want them to kind of interact in a, in a, in a healthy environment. And then, mm -hmm. uh, then obviously them being on the screens a lot uh, when you're older, speaking more mm -hmm. of a nine-year-old, mm -hmm. it also poses challenges for the teachers, teaching mm -hmm. environment students. So from a parent standpoint, yeah. and this is kind of kudos to, to my wife too, is we, we try to reconnect in, in a meaningful way to like going for more hikes and, and walks and, and having those family connections and memories that, yeah. um, you know, although they were smaller, smaller and insular, they're also kind of more meaningful about his family activities as a whole. And I Absolutely. Think, yes. um, have, have your kids read any of the Grace books or Marvin the Moose? Uh, the, the latest one. The latest yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're looking to get on, on the, the, the complete series. So <laughs> Okay. I've got pretty much the whole series here in front of me. Uh, I keep these things, Ken. When, 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 <laughs> when I get them or, or you bring them in or, or I purchase them or, or what have you, I, I don't throw these things away. These, these, these are important to me. They're, they're important. Even, even if I'm a little bit out of the age range of, of say Grace or Marvin the Moose or Larry the Giraffe, they're, they're important for me as a resource to be able to show the power of, of all art for all ages. And, and it's always good to go back to those one syllable words that you it, never use. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Indeed. Um, let's talk about podcasting. So you've started a podcast it's, uh, and I have, I have the, uh, the address here. Let me just go to it quickly. I, I've got, I, I always have like 25 pages of notes on you, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's the center for functional learning podcast. Uh, and we will link to it in the notes for this podcast for, for people to, uh, to access. Tell us, tell us some of the things that you, you envision for, for the podcast. So, so because I'm the chief creative officer, I, uh, have no knowledge and experience with social media. So, so okay. what I've done was I, We've, I've hired a student intern and uh -huh. she runs our social media platform, Mar uh -huh. Marissa uh, Cassano. And Marissa is going to be the, the engineer and or the host of these, of these podcasts that are coming up. And uh -huh. like I said before, it's going to be health and music related somehow. Nice. And um, we'll be on Podbean, I believe, is the platform. Yes, and it is. Yeah, there'll probably be thirty-minute ones mm -hmm. once a week at this at this at the early phases, and then we'll we'll see. We only have six speakers lined up so far. Mm -hmm. So Ted and Bill, you guys are welcome to come on board and talk about stuff. But that's kind of the plan. Um, we're looking at March. She actually just asked me the other day when we wanted she wanted me to start this thing, and mm -hmm. we're going to probably do it in a couple of weeks to get it up and running. I say had had a quick introductory um post yeah there's a t it was like a teaser kind of a yeah. thing or sort of an overview of kind of what it'll be about and mm -hmm. um and then we'll get more you know down and dirty into the into the topics with the actual guests that that come in uh, or we'll do panels discussions I, it'll be you know all kinds of different formats i guess so this is this is going to be a tough one for you because last time you were on on the radio show you talked about that you wanted to to produce a film <laughs> about yes. grace yes but have you thought about what grace sounds like and, and any ideas on who might play grace 
So yes, um, we have um, Kylie Moore is mm-hmm. our uh, SAG voiceover talent. Okay. Uh, so she'll be the narrator voice of Grace. And then uh-huh. we're actually going to team up with Maggie Pope, who's a singer outside of Philadelphia yeah. uh, for the Under the Oak Tree band. Uh, so they do like Americana music. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's, she has a folksy kind of ethereal voice, singing voice. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use that as a way um, to kind of inter- introduce Grace's singing voice. We uh-huh. use Maggie. And then Kylie is, is, is our sort of secret sauce because not only can she do an eight-year-old voice, mm-hmm. but if you tell her to then switch into a teacher voice, she can change instantaneously. Yeah. So she can become a teacher as well as a child mm-hmm. um, without missing a beat or missing a step. So, so um, we're going to do all kinds of interesting things with that uh, skill set and, uh, and see how we can kind of play with the audiobooks. But yeah, the, the, I actually reached out to one guy who's interested in receiving my pitch deck and mm-hmm. um, screenplay ideas mm-hmm. uh, because he's a producer out on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And and, and you're you're targeting the same same age bracket, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, so it's you know sad the old Saturday morning cartoon kind of an approach. Okay. It's, it's, if, if you wanted to relate to something that's a little more tangible, mm-hmm. my concept of Grace and her friends was always going to be something like the musical version of Dora the Explorer. Okay. So, okay. so, so that is kind of the way we're sort of approaching her development and, and the, the overall development of the, of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be able to translate all the English-speaking titles into languages and then that way we can give uh, Marvin the Moose and Chicago Comb Company combs to all the kids in Eastern Europe and Asia and uh, Africa uh, as, as sort of the next phase of kind of when we go global. For the the grace, the moving grace, is it going to be a film? Are they going to be shorts? Are they going to be, you know, like a, like a 20 minute? I mean, I really don't know, but I'm assuming the short format would be the smart way to go initially, Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to put together a, you know, a 30 minute cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, series. I mean, I I have no idea. I mean, I, we'd have to convert all the text to screenplays even first. I mean, before Mm -hmm. we even kind of get to the point of thinking about, you know, how long things are going to be. So, you know, we may only be able to come up with a, you know, a short animation version from all the different, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall storybooks together. You know, if we just did it as one thing. Did you, uh, did you realize when you got into this, the amount of work that it would entail? (laughs) You know, it's a lot easier to do uh, uh, heart transplants and hypertension management than it is to do a children's book authoring platform and, uh, Being a you know uh, an FTE of one mm-hmm. <laughs> a shop a shop of one you know with with project uh, support. But the hockey. the marketing is is really brilliant. I I, I see that uh, your your marketing predominantly. Uh, you can correct me on on that if I'm if I'm wrong, but predominantly to pediatric institutions and pediatric physicians for their waiting room for kids, which I think is just a magnificent idea. Yeah, the, the, the initial thought was, and this was just based on my inexperience as yeah. a you know, small yeah. business person, was, okay, let's make this Musical Adventures of Grace. That's mm-hmm. the brand. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, what I've come to realize is that the brand is actually 
little health ambassadors and using the books as a way to kind of communicate yeah. little yeah. health ambassadors to the community. So then the idea of putting the tooth, the Grace's toothbrushing story in a waiting room of pediatric dental practices, encouraging kids to brush their teeth for two minutes because there's a jingle inside the book that plays music for two minutes and they brush mm -hmm. their teeth until the music stops playing. That's the easier kind of an approach as opposed to sort of just saying, oh, this is about grace. This is about grace. Mm -hmm. It can be about grace, but it's actually about creating and empowering little kids to be better citizens and better yeah. um, self-health conscious kind of individuals mm -hmm. as they get mm -hmm. older, right? So, I mean, that's really the, what, what the value of this whole thing is. And then the reading piece and then the music piece sort of comes in automatically as secondary gains. So it's, it's clinicians, it's parents, so consumers, and mm -hmm. then it's also the music educator space as well to use the books in, in um, music education scenarios, reading circles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Maestro Vic, a somewhat crazy looking guy, came to Piperstown with two surprises and a special travel companion he called Woody. There's a, <laughs> a complexity there that is, is a little bit beyond probably most young kids reading ability are, are you are you looking to have parents um, engage with their kids by by reading reading this and then uh, and then hopefully the kids will pick up on, on on that that reading comprehension on their own yes the the so the text is is literacy rated for three to six year olds again depending okay. on on how they're being used but yeah. you're right you know an explanation of of some of the introductory um, mm -hmm. concepts and, and character descriptions is a little older for the mm -hmm. kids. But, but while the parents are reading that to the kids, um, the kids are hearing more complex sentence structure, but they're yeah. also seeing the crazy characters of Maestro Vic with his, mm -hmm. green, mm -hmm. his green, green alien looking eyes. And, <laughs> you know, the fact that he's on top of this giant wood thing and as the podium for his conducting the, the orchestra. So, I mean, yeah. there's the visual stuff that the kids yeah. are entertained by. Then, but they'll also pick up on on um, on some of the the, the advanced vocabulary. Yeah. The the it was sort of done on purpose because that way we get the older siblings to read to the kids as well. The younger the younger siblings, in, in addition to the parental sort of guidance through through the storylines mm -hmm. in those settings where maybe parents are not necessarily available. You know, in in terms of of sort of access to an adult or at, all the time, kind of a thing. So so the the older siblings being the readers for the kids fits that role as well. Yeah, and then we, yeah. we, we insert in all the books a music vocabulary sheet that describes each word that's in the story from its musical definition and mm -hmm. lets parents sort of learn themselves. And then that way, if the kid says, what's fortissimo mean? Well, then they understand that fortissimo, yeah. aside from him just being a character, also talks about percussion and drumming and those kinds of things. So we give them that resource uh, that they can sort of address almost ad hoc or spontaneous, spontaneously. So, so Ted, uh, you're going to have to have to dive out of here. It, it was wonderful having you very quickly. If, if, if I could impose upon you just very quickly on this, your kids are in this age range. Do you, do you feel that any of the, uh, any of the, the verbiage is, is beyond your kids, especially with you sitting there as, as a parent kind of engaging in them when they, when they look up and say, Hey dad, what's this word? As a parent, I, I enjoy that because I, I get able to, I, you know, I'm able to provide a context. And yeah. I, I think to Ken's point about the characters being so vibrant and interesting that, you know, it kind of helps build the narrative. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. 
but the, yeah, there's some context initially on, on the on the front end, but um, absolutely. And, and that's why, you know, I really want, not only because, you know, John's related, because when my kids are, are in a nice spot, especially for my, yeah. my youngest, yeah. to really learn a lot, a lot of valuable lessons. And I think, and it's your point about like brushing teeth and like, those are things that are behaviors <laughs> that we do have certain things in terms of like music and, yeah. and other indicators because uh, that creates kind of the daily habits that are, are healthy for them and make it fun and interactive um, as opposed to saying brush your teeth for two minutes. It's more <laughs> doing the ABCs, you know, all, you know, while you're, while you're washing your hands to make sure your hands are properly clean. Before you run, give us the, uh, give us the website for Chicago comb and a timeline on the, uh, on the tracking device for lost combs. <laughs> okay. So uh, you can find Chicago comb at www.chicagocomb.com mm-hmm. and uh, the tracking device within the, the next 20 years. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We're going to, uh, I'll be back within the next 20 years and I'll hold you to that. But th- thanks, Ted. But it was truly a pleasure. And, uh, you know, kudos to Ken for all his wonderful work and, and, and well, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Ken, just you and me, buddy. Hey, <laughs> uh, we've, we've got just a couple minutes here. I just wanted to wanted to follow up a little bit on uh, on just making sure that people know where to find you. And so I've got I've got a ton of information. Uh, should we give out the the telephone number? Sure. Uh, Absolutely. 847-804-0243. That's eight four seven. 8040243 and I'll put that with uh, a link to Chicago Comb Company and uh, corporate enterprises and the Center for Functional Learning all that in the notes so people can can see that and if they want to access it it'll be right there for them. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so again, uh, the center for functional learning.podbean.com, but you're on all of the uh, all the host sites, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Pandora, I think I saw. You're on you're on all those, which is great. You are also at the website is center for functional learning.com. You can you can catch the blog from there. Uh, you can shop for for any of these really wonderful books, man. I, I am so proud to know you. Like I said, you know, I, I could just run through these Grace and the Musical Willow Tree, A Summer Adventure, Grace and Friends, A Burn Prevention Fire Safety Activity Book, Grace Fights COVID-19, Grace Helps Marvin the Moose, Grace's Musical Haiku Adventures. There you go. So many great uh, and, and really wonderful and important titles. Grace's Rock and Roll Adventure, which is uh, which is one of my personal favorites, and then uh, I was just reading from uh, the musical Adventures of Grace Winter, uh, which is uh, and and did did I see that? That's also in Spanish. Yes, sir. That wow. was our first trans our first translation. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Is is uh, is everything translated into Spanish or about to be or soon to be? That's that's on my list for this year is yeah. to is to translate as many titles as we can into Spanish probably first. Okay. Then there then there's talk of Arabic and then there's talk talk of uh, Eastern some Eastern European language because we're going to be piggybacking on with the Chicago Comb Company's um, customer base uh, and they are in you know Croatia and Poland and Germany and you know they have eight countries that they ship their combs to. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I've I've got family in Croatia, so um, and with with little kids, by the way. There you go. Who would <laughs> benefit so greatly from these books, even though they're they're starting, believe it or not, they're starting to learn English uh, at at that age. Which, yeah, it's which incredible. Just, it's uh, 
it's it's a little scary. I, I am terrible at languages, even though I've I've traveled all over the world, but uh, I, I still struggle or I get locked into one one language. So let me tell you what's happened. Please. We, we just, we did two things. We mm-hmm. have started a project with the University of Illinois Health Group and mm-hmm. the Craniofacial mm-hmm. Center down on um, downtown Chicago on Palmer okay. Street. Okay. And we're going to do the first Grace's Hospital Adventure with Sammy Seacleft about mm-hmm. the the journey that um, a child takes that has a cleft lip or cleft palate deformity from a reconstructive point of view. Wow. So Sammy is a, is a cleft lip uh-huh. char- character who's getting his last operation uh, to revise his scar on his upper lip. Mm-hmm. And that way he'll be able to play his trumpet better. Nice. So, yeah, so, so that's going to be a, a series that would, they want us to do a whole series. So we're going to take it <clears throat> From when you're a baby, which is typically when you do cleft lip surgery, yeah, yeah, all the way to a young teen that has the revision surgery. So, so Sammy's sort of like a young teen at this stage. Wow. So we're gonna by flashback mm-hmm. talk to um, the readers about his experiences when he was a baby that he didn't remember. Uh, from from the I operation. keep coming back to this thought whenever I look at your books, and that is innocence. That you you are really preserving and celebrating uh childhood innocence and important. it's important it is and it, it's something that's so so terribly terribly <clears throat> lost and missing in in our in our culture today and it, it's it's wonderful that i'll keep directing directing people to you and your website and and the great books that you do Thank um, you. as a as a resource for for preserving our our the innocence of our kids. And you and your show has always been and was one of the earlier supporters of, of what we were doing. So that's, yeah. we greatly appreciate that. Well, we got it. We got it right off the bat and, yeah. uh, and we were happy in, in our own small way to, to support in any way that we could. The website is centerforfunctionallearning.com. They're at 3400 West Stonegate Boulevard uh, in Arlington Heights. The, the telephone number there is 847-804-0243. Would, would you be, if someone had an idea for a, for a Grace book, would you be open? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, send any yeah. ideas you have to info at centerforfunctionallearning.com. I actually do writing workshops. So, so that nice. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to do that for you know, people that are thinking of new characters or yep. people that have an idea for a new book that they mm-hmm. want to be an author for the first time. We partner with Eckerd's Press here in Chicago yep. um, and would give them a, a format where they can submit their manuscripts. So And, that's, that's and by the way, writing a children's book is not an easy endeavor. Writing one children's book is not an easy endeavor, no. let, let alone uh, how many do you have now? Almost a dozen or... Yeah, almost. We're, we're yeah. up to 11. Yeah, we're yeah, 11 yeah. So, and you just keep churning out classics, man. Wonderful, wonderful books with great, wonderful messages. The, uh, the, the Center for Functional Learning podcast can be found at centerforfunctionallearning.podbean.com or just go to the website, centerforfunctionallearning.com, uh, as well as Spotify, Apple Music, and all the podcast and host services. I, I'd also like to thank, uh, and thank you for, for inviting him, Ken, Ted Strom, who's a co-founder of Chicago Comb Company. Man, it's always, it's always wonderful speaking with you.
I would like to thank my guest, Ken Korber, founder, author, and clinician at the Center for FunctionalLearning.com, and Ted Strom, co-founder of Chicago Comb Company, ChicagoComb.com. Links to their websites and to Ken's new podcast are in the notes below. Please help support this program by clicking the subscribe button. Until next time, I'm your host, W.C. Turk. Our theme music courtesy of Dino Lovchich, Midnight Ride is available off of his album, Snow Virginia, which is available on Spotify. <laughs>